Welcome back, beautiful people. We are at episode three of the Pack Leader Mentality Podcast, and we have a special guest today, my beautiful wife, Layla. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Layla, and I'll be here asking some of the questions that you submitted via Instagram. So get ready. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Who do we got? Let's do it. Um, I have Annie with Annie Move 5, I think, is the Instagram handle. Okay, we'll oh. put it up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> How do I work on my dog's insane obsession over tennis balls? His fixation is out of this world. Oh, I mean, honestly, it sounds like a, a complaint, right? But I think that uh, the the silver lining to that is that having a dog that's motivated by something that we can control is like super important, right? So the first thing, I'm gonna make an assumption here, Andy, I'm gonna say that you might be unintentionally rewarding your dog when they pester you to play with the ball. I'm also gonna make an assumption and say that you might have a ball or multiple balls laying around the house for your dog to kind of pick up and you know make you play with them. So the first thing I would say is put all the balls away and have multiple but specific times of the day where you engage with your dog use the ball as a training tool to ask your dog to do things that they know like for example sit or down or probably be two of the best behaviors that you can implement and the idea here is let's say you have the ball you ask your dog to sit and you bounce the ball and your dog gets up from a sit tell your dog to sit and then try again and so if they can remain in the sit, then what you'll do is you'll reward them. You tell them, okay, you're free, and then toss the ball and let them have it. So the idea here is to teach your dog impulse control, teach them to work for the ball, that they have to do something for it. They don't just get it just because they want to play. And in addition to that, you, you do a good job managing their obsession by putting the balls away and not allowing them to have easy access to it. What you're really doing is you're controlling the flow of play which is really important in terms of like from a leadership perspective, you know, it's the equivalent of having, uh, or I should say the opposite would be the equivalent of having children in school tell you when they want to have recess. Mm. And then you're just kind of like giving them that every single time. Yeah. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. And they're like, okay, fine. We go play. Right. So the children never learn how to be patient and wait for play. So same thing with the dog, right? We're just trying to teach the dog some patience. So I hope that helps. So I'm just going to kind of add to that sure. question. Would you recommend then using that tennis ball instead of, you know, kind of utilizing as like a dog that's really food motivated, right? Mm -hmm. Clearly this dog is very toy motivated. Yeah. Would you recommend using that toy as a part of the training session? So instead of bringing food with you, you're bringing this tennis ball and you're, you know, training absolutely. different behaviors, maybe new behaviors or old behaviors that you want to refresh. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, this is a, it may seem like a bit of a burden, but the reality is, is that it's kind of a blessing because a lot of people have dogs that aren't interested in anything and they can't offer their dog anything to get their dog to pay attention to them. Right. So to have the dog that's sort of obsessed with the ball is, is good to a degree, as long as we're not allowing that obsession to sort of rule their mind, which in a lot of cases happens because people just leave the toys out and the dog is like constantly wanting that engagement. You know, another example is like the dog just brings the ball to you and pesters you and drops it in your lap and you you're you're trying to like watch tv or something and finally like all right fine you just throw the ball bad move because now you're encouraging the dog to keep pushing you to mm -hmm. play with them and do what they want so like i mentioned before you put the ball away you bring it out and let them know it's game time 
you play with them, you implement training, you, you practice impulse control, and then you put the ball away and then you do it again later on your terms when you say and your dog starts to develop the habit of waiting for you and understanding the rules of engagement, so to speak. This is how we do it. I tell you when we play and then I tell you when it's done. So nice. Okay. What do we so, got next? <laughs> next, we have kind of in the same field of questions, uh, Jules Ramos with Ramos underscore Jules. How much attention should you be giving your dog on a daily basis? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, okay, so probably going to sound a little odd, but I'll explain. I would say give your dog 100% of the attention that you want to give them. And so oftentimes what I tell my clients is if your dog is pestering you for attention, right? What's happening is you're give, let's say all the attention that you give your dog in one day, and it could vary between people. You know what I mean? So you might give your dogs more attention than I give my dogs, and he gives his attention, his dog's attention more attention than she does, etc. But the idea here is instead of your dog coming to you and demanding attention, and you're giving them three percent here, five percent here, two percent here, seven percent there, one percent there. What I say is I want I want people to give their dog all of the love and affection that they have to give them so long as it's appropriate for the dog, right? But also think about having structured time. So if your dog is relaxed, that's a great time to go love on them. If, your dog, if you're in training with your dog and you're teaching them something and they do the right thing, that's a great time to love on them. So think about giving your dog 5% here, 10% there, 15% there on your terms. So I want everyone who's listening and watching this to give your dog all the love that you want to give them so long as your dog is comfortable with that affection right so give that to them but just give it to them in a structured way not when your dog is constantly pestering you for attention because again we're feeding the wrong behaviors we're feeding the wrong mentality if you think about it right the dog thinks that they can push this on you and that's not what we want to teach them we want to teach them to be patient and wait for it or to some degree to earn that affection, you know, by doing whatever in training or just by being calm. So, so kind of like the ball, the tennis ball, right? Yeah, very similar, exactly. Same thing. Form yeah. of motivation. With the affection, though, it doesn't necessarily have to be given uh, all the time through training, you know, or in the context of training. But it can be, you know, like for example, I do this a lot with Brooklyn. Um, she's laying there; she'll just be laying down, and I'll just go to her and like lay with her and love on her and just give her like a little mini massage or something like that. So, and I've done that ever since she was a puppy and that really just encouraged her to be calm and patient and just relax because she knows that I'm going to come to her and give her attention. Another example of how Brooklyn is in, is, um, plays into that. What I'm saying is when, when I come home, if you notice, you know how she sits like right in front of me or next to me and kind of leans into me, that's because what I would ask her to do before I would love on her is ask her to sit. And so she's been conditioned and she's learned how to, in a sense, it's almost like reverse psychology where she, <laughs> she's like, oh, I know how to get dad to pet me. And it's by sitting down and leaning on him and looking up at him with the most like delicate eyes, yeah. you know? And so she knows, right? But I've taught her to do that. So yeah, so just to reiterate, give your dog 100% of your attention, but just do so in a structured way. And if your dog is pestering you just deny them attention go ask them to lay down and wait until they're calm and then give them that attention nice all right what else we got so i'm gonna add on to that because i feel okay. like it's in the same realm of what we're talking about and this question is from Alyssa, and uh i think the instagram handle is alison rod 
we'll, we'll put it. We'll up just on the roll with it. Um, but she says, "Would love tips for training dogs who are affection motivated." Tips for training dogs who are motivated by affection. Yes. So I'm gonna add to that motivation and say mm-hmm. it's not just affection, but it's excitement, right? It's like this playful energy that we give them. So you know let's assume for a second that you're training a dog and again it kind of goes back to the tennis ball um i so in this case the reward for the dog could be a calm petting or it could be a release with play and affection as the reward so what i've told people when it comes to like training dogs sometimes the reward is the release and that release the on the other side of that so when i tell it let's say i have a dog in a sit stay or a down stay um or they come to me when called my instead of giving them food or giving them their ball or a toy i'm going to go into an affectionate type of play where i'm like pushing them and touching them and you know running around with them and like loving on them or depending on the dog if they're not really um responsive to that type of affection or play then i'll just calmly love and do like a gentle type of petting or massage uh, to the dog so and I've had dogs like that like they're in a sit they say next to me while another dog passes and I'm just sitting there they're just kind of like rubbing on them and loving on them and they're leaning in on me and that's what that's what they like and maybe in that particular moment for example that play response wouldn't be appropriate because of the context right where like there's another dog passing I don't really have a lot of room to run around yeah. with them and get playful so I just calmly pet them if I'm training at a park and there's not there's no one around, then that might be a situation where I get a little bit more playful. But yeah, you can definitely use think about you know our affection, our food, the the toys. Um, these are all tools that we can use to our advantage to give the dog what they want through training. You know, it's a really it's a it's a beautiful thing when you think about what we have to offer dogs. Um, it's beyond just like food, you know. And I tell my clients that all the time. I love using food in training, but it's not the end-all, be-all. There's a lot more to that. It's not just feeding food like a robot. You know, there's the food combined with the petting and the praise. And if, if it's appropriate, the excitement or the calm petting, you know, the massage-type petting. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed um, as far as like the calm massage-type petting, you'll get... We've had some really rambunctious, I guess you can say, or yeah. crazy yeah. dogs that crazy. you've been rehabbed in the past. Mm-hmm. And with those dogs, I've noticed that just your touch and that like calm, peaceful, massage-like touch yeah. really would just bring them down to yeah. like, it okay, does. I got this. Yeah. Well, I often give people the example of imagine, you know, you're kind of stressed or you're a little bit crazy on edge and you sit down in a chair and your husband or your wife comes up and just starts rubbing your shoulders. And it just, it's a massaging generally calms people down. It relaxes them. And in my experience, it's no different for dogs. You know, Uh, again, if it's appropriate, not every dog wants to be touched. So that's something that I feel like I need to mention, but Mm -hmm. you know, it can definitely have such a profound, um, uh, change in the relationship when you know how to use that effectively and like at the right time, you know, I use touch mm-hmm. and praise and, um, you know, play and things like that as a tool. And it helps me train every single dog that's I've ever worked with, whether it be at a client's house or here in our own house with, with, uh, you know, rescues and boarding trains. Nice. So, yeah. 
Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, stay tuned for more episodes, guys. we got plenty more on the way. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, everyone, on uh, social that has submitted questions. Hope this was able to help you and those listening as well. Yeah, keep submitting your questions at, uh, on our Instagram stories at Leader of the Pack LV. And if you want to email your questions, you can email us at info at leadyourpacklv.com. We'll see you guys for the next one. Peace. Peace.